Whatever, man. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Whatever Survey Podcast. I'm going to call this episode one. It's the actual first episode, I think. Um, the last one was just sort of a recap of what I'm going to be doing. Preview of what I'm going to be doing. Not recap. Hey, look, guys. This is my first go around with podcasting. I'm still learning. Bear with me as I get my legs underneath me. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite albums by my absolute favorite band. Um, the album is There Is Nothing Left to Lose by the Foo Fighters. Now, before I get going into you know, why I love the Foo Fighters so much, why I love this album so much, uh, I do want to talk about something that I'm not going to be doing in this episode, which is I'm not going to be playing any of the music, which I understand that might seem a little weird, but I don't want to rip off the band, for one thing. I don't, um, I don't have a contract with any kind of record label, <laughs> you know. I don't, have, uh, I don't have permission from the band to play their music. Now, the Foo Fighters are cool. I get that. Uh, but I'm not going to just go out and do it. I would rather encourage you uh, to go and purchase their albums. Uh, this album specifically, there's nothing left to lose. I would encourage you if you're not, if you don't want to purchase it, you know maybe you subscribe to a streaming music service. Go there and listen to it. It's a great album, uh, top to bottom. It is probably my favorite of their albums. There may be another one that you know creeps in there too, but it's definitely in the top one or two or three. <laughs> it's in the top one. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, anyway. Yeah, There's Nothing Left to Lose, fantastic album. Check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, you know, download the, the uh, MP3s or FLAC or whatever you, you, you get uh, on Amazon or iTunes. It's just, it's a great, great album. Um, if you're like me and you have the setup to do so, go buy the vinyl. It's really cool. And uh, it'll come with the download code. You can download the albums. So you can still put it on your phone or your if you still use an iPod, I do, then you can use that. Um, anyway, just kind of want to reiterate, not going to be playing the songs. I will be talking about the songs. I highly encourage that you go and listen to them. So without any further ado, let's get into the rest of the show. There's Nothing Left to Lose, the third album by my favorite band, the Foo Fighters, uh, it came out in November of 1999, November 2nd, actually. I was 16 years old at the time. I was super excited for this album after uh, loving the two previous albums, which I will talk about in long form some other time. But for right now, let's just focus on the third. Uh, There's Nothing Left to Lose was um, highly anticipated. Uh, the, the first single was Learn to Fly, which... I believe was probably one of their biggest singles at the time. It was uh, probably just behind Everlong, but a great music video for one thing, including the the band members of Tenacious D, who in the video um, accidentally uh, brewed some coffee with cocaine, <laughs> which made the staff and passengers on the flight kind of go nuts. Uh, very entertaining video. If you've never seen it, please watch it. Um, so it wasn't long after that video came out that I believe the video for Breakout came out, which was on 
oh my gosh, the movie with Jim Carrey, Me, Myself, and Irene. It was on that soundtrack. Maybe that was much later. I'm not sure. Anyway, I remember those were the two big singles on the album. So I wanted this album really bad, but being a 16-year-old, didn't have a lot of money. And believe it or not, kids, in the 90s, CDs were a little more expensive than uh, what you're used to on iTunes or Actually, you know what's crazy? At sidebar, iTunes is sort of outdated now. That was like a game changer for me when iTunes became a thing uh, because CDs were so expensive. Back in the 90s, you would regularly spend, you know, 16, 17 bucks on a CD. Kind of crazy to think about now, but it's true. Uh, they were so expensive. And then iTunes came around and iTunes could sell albums for 10 bucks which seemed like such a steal and now you can get all the music you want for 10 bucks a month with all these streaming services but anyway let me back up i really wanted this album for christmas it was one thing on my list that i was super excited about was this uh this foo fighters album there's nothing left to lose well lo and behold christmas day comes and i get it and i'm super excited they're actually what was funny in the CD, it came with a temporary tattoo of the Foo Fighters logo that uh, you see the logo on the back of Dave Grohl's neck. And there's a Polaroid of me somewhere floating around that uh, contains that. Uh, it's, it's me with that Foo Fighters logo on my arm trying to look all hard and cool. And uh, yeah, if I ever find it, I'll post it on the, the blog. Anyway, the album itself amazing fantastic album like i've said that so many times now but but it really really is it it sort of encapsulates everything from their previous albums and just twists it into a new um like a a, a new vision I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it maybe that sounds you know a little pretentious but but it, it it's true uh the the album was was recorded um, with a very, very slimmed down roster. Uh, so the first album, of course, was just Dave, you know, uh, after, after, uh, after that album came out and, and, and it was, you know, successful, he started touring, he added band members, he added Nate Mendel from Sunny Day Real Estate and William Goldsmith, who was also from Sunny Day Real Estate. Uh, and I know, uh, Fran Stahl was in at some point and then, um, Pat Smear, who was the touring guitarist for Nirvana and and the guitarist for The Germs. Um, Yeah, just a a great lineup, sort of an all-star band when you really think about it. Uh, They all toured and they all recorded uh, that second album. Of course, things fell apart with Goldsmith and and Dave, and Dave ended up re-recording all the drums on the second album. Again, I'll get into that long form some other time, but it's interesting to note because this third album was the first that Taylor Hawkins um, premiered on, I guess, or actually played on. He he ended up playing the tour for um, The Color and the Shape, but he was not on that album. So uh, Taylor, actually, before he joined the Foo Fighters, a little trivia note, was the drummer for Alanis Morissette on her tour. And I love Alanis, too. I'll probably review or survey, I should say, um, Jagged Little Pill at some point. Anyway, this album had three band members on it. 
Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, and Taylor Hawkins. Incredible. It sounds so good to be a three-piece, of course. I mean, there's layers and layers. Uh, Speaking of layers, very first song on the album. Kicks off with a bang. Stacked Actors. Now, Stacked Actors... It's heavy. When when I when I first listened to this album, when I heard Stacked Actors, I was I was blown away at the heaviness of the song, uh, and it's it's aggressive. It's it's loud, and it's rumored that it's about you know Courtney Love. So I do know it's actually about you know the plasticness of Hollywood and celebrity culture and things like that, which I could see. Courtney falling into, and I know that she and Dave did not get along very well at the time, so it's not beyond all possibility that the song was actually about her. Don't know that for sure, but it's a great song. It's, um, it's, it, it clocks in at four minutes and 17 seconds. It goes through, you know, some, uh, some highs and lows. Uh, it actually contains guitar solo, which is is not really that common in Foo Fighters songs, honestly. Uh, you can probably count on two hands the amount of songs with guitar solos that they that they put on, um, especially pre-Chris Shiflett. He, he's kind of their solo guy these days. But anyway, Stacked Actors, awesome song that you've probably heard. It got a bit of play on rock radio. I remember back in the day hearing it on our local alternative station. The next song on the album is Breakout. Breakout's great. Um, Breakout is... It's it's a good song. It's not my favorite on the album, but it is so catchy, uh, especially live. Um, I mean, if you haven't seen the Foo Fighters live, you should. I'm actually seeing them in a week from today. Uh, I'm recording this on the 27th of April. I'll be seeing them May the 4th, uh, Star Wars Day, obviously. But... Breakout is phenomenal. A funny story about Breakout. Last tour, I saw the Foo Fighters. This was the tour where Dave had broken his leg and he was in his throne. He singled out a guy in the audience who uh, was not singing along. And this guy was on the floor. So, I mean, he paid a pretty penny to just sit and, and watch, which is fine. Not everybody wants to sing. But Dave called him out and said, if you can sing along to Breakout, then uh, if, if you know all the words to break out, I'm going to bring you up on the stage and you can rock out with us. So they played the song and I think they got a 30 seconds to a minute in and Dave stopped and told the guy, you know, I can't believe you don't know any of these words. I was wishing I was down there. Cause I know the words, uh, even though it's not my favorite song, it is a good one. It's, it's really good live. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it leads into track number three, which is learn to fly, which is, uh, it's a great single. It's, it's, you know that that thing where where people say, "Well, there's so much better music on an album than just the singles." That's sort of true on this album, but "Learn to Fly" is still a great song, and it's a really good song to get people into the band for the first time. They may not have, you know, really known Foo Fighters. Uh, you know, I know that they got a bit of popularity in the second album whenever Varsity Blues came out and featured My Hero, and then Everlong was. A ginormous success, especially uh, Dave did a, an acoustic version on Howard Stern's show, which was uh, it, you know branched off into its own thing and and was a, a really iconic moment in their career at the time. But "Learn to Fly" fun song, like I said before, it's a great music video too, which really adds a lot to the song. 
Uh, Gimme Stitches is track number four. Gimme Stitches reminds me of another song on the album, which is uh, Live in Skin. Those two songs are sort of synonymous to me. They have a very similar style. They have moments. Uh, Gimme Stitches, to me, I listen to and just wait for um, the bridge uh, towards the end. I guess maybe the second bridge. I don't know if I'm even classifying it correctly, but it's the turn the inside out to the outside moment of the song. It it builds to that to that moment throughout the entire track. It just builds and builds and builds. And uh, I don't know, it's just a great payoff at the end of that song. Track number five is Generator. <clears throat> now, Generator uh, was a single in other parts of the world, but uh, in the U.S. it was not. However, it is one of my favorite songs on the album. The uh, talk box guitar, which a lot of people hate talk boxes on guitars, uh, thanks to Peter Frampton, who just overused the, the crap out of it. Uh, talk boxes to me are fine. There's, there's certain songs that I like with them. I don't care for Peter Frampton, so not a big fan of baby. I love your way or any of that stuff, but, um, on generator, it's not overused. It's a pretty good, uh, you know, implementation of a talk box. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun song, and uh, you know there, another talk boxy song I'm thinking of is "Beverly Hills" by Weezer, which is not a lot of people's favorite <laughs> song. Uh, you know that, but that song also blew up for Weezer, and and I do want to touch on some Weezer albums that were sort of maligned at the time. Um, but again, that's a whole separate conversation, probably one I'll have with with my brother on a future episode. The next song is Aurora. Aurora is probably one of the more low-key songs that the Foos have put out. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And um, it tells the story of, of Dave, you know, kind of having an unrequited love with someone, I guess, named Aurora. I don't know. Aurora is kind of a cool name. I'll put that in the name basket that my wife will immediately turn down. But it is a cool name. Uh, but it's a great song. It's very low-key, very... Um, subdued, uh, and it leads into Live in Skin, which Live in Skin I equated to Give Me Stitches before. Now, Live in Skin is is a great song too. It has um, it's not my favorite on the album, but it's a it's a no, it's a non skipper, <laughs> you know, a non skipper. Um, Live in Skin transitions over to Next Year. This is where things really get kind of slower on the album. And it takes a a dive, and and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's a good dive. It's a next year is my wife's actually. It's her favorite Foo Fighter song. Every time we've seen them live, she hopes that they play it. And I don't think they've played it any times that she's been to see them yet. But it's a wonderful song. It's a it's very low key. the The video for this song is is very cool too. It's it's in outer space. And uh, I like anything outer space, as you will find out as I survey more things in the future. But um, next year is great. It was a single. It did okay, I believe. Um, I mean, it was no Learn to Fly. It was no Breakout. But uh, it was probably a little bit higher of of rankings than Stacked Actors would was, I, I would imagine. But it led into probably 
my favorite, it actually not even probably, it is my favorite song on the album is Headwires by, uh, <laughs> I was going to say by the Foo Fighters. Obviously it's by the Foo Fighters. Headwires is a great song. It's so, it's very low key also. And it sounds nothing like what the Foo Fighters have done in the past. It was, to me, Headwires was a, a look at what's to come in the future. And and they sort of revisited that sound maybe a time or two. But Headwires was uh, a really cool song. And a funny thing, I used to watch um, Daria, if you remember the show Daria, also from the 90s. And um, Headwires, I remember, made me a fan of Daria because in one of their advertisements they played that song in the background and I was like oh okay well if they if they're gonna play the Foo Fighters on Daria then I'm obviously gonna love Daria and and I did love Daria Um, Ain't It the Life is track number 10 and it's a it's a slower um semi-acoustic-y country-ish even song and uh it's 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 pretty cool there was actually back in the day on on the Foo Fighters website at the time they had these secret things that you could click um these little secret areas I remember I used to go to their website and just press tab over and over on the keyboard until it would it would find a spot that was not immediately you know visible it would be just a it, it would look just like a white piece of the um of the uh, the background of the 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 site but it would actually be a link and you would click the link and and this time when i clicked the link it downloaded an acoustic version of ain't it the life which was my favorite version i don't have it anymore i really wish i did but it was um it's a great song you should check it out for sure um I think after I'm done with this, I'll try to rank some of these songs. It might be a little difficult because I didn't prepare to do that, but I'll give it a shot. Number 11 is MIA. So MIA is is, a, is another example of a great closer for a Foo Fighters album. Um, so New Way Home on Color and the Shape is one of my favorite album closers ever. It It just... It hits all the right spots. MIA is similar. Now, MIA is shorter. It's only four minutes long. And, and you know, in a, on an album where you have songs like Aurora that last almost six minutes. And uh, Next Year and Headwires are both four minutes and, you know, 37 seconds long. MIA is kind of short. But that does not take away from the fact that it's a great song. Um, it starts off with uh, this this part that i i'm going to try to uh describe but it's just a gradual build from a from a guitar and it gets louder and louder and the crescendo of that lasts maybe like a second or two but it's one of my favorite moments on the entire album it's one of my favorite you know musical samples ever and i highly encourage you to listen to it it's i mean within the first you know 15 to 20 seconds of the song that brief snippet was my ringtone for, for a while on my on, on an older phone of mine um so that that concludes the album it, it was there was 11 tracks um the entire album lasted only around 47 46 minutes or so not the longest album 
But that's great. It's concise and there's no filler. This this album is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to. I'm looking through the the track list right now, and I'm trying to figure out what's my least favorite song, and that's really hard to do. Maybe ain't it the life, and I really like that song. Like that's or breakout. Like those are two songs I really really like, but they may be the weak points for me. I don't know. Uh, so my CD actually at the time was an enhanced CD. If you guys remember enhanced CDs, uh, so you would pop it into your computer. This is just a funny little side note. You pop it into your computer, and it would come up with this. Um, you know, you would have videos you could watch. And I believe it had the Learn to Fly music video on it in like really bad quality, very pixelated. Still really cool to have it uh, there. And then it also had these little videos of Dave Grohl who it ter- turns out he was just acting, but at the time it seemed that he was, you know, just blitzed, drunk, and he was just talking about how he was the drummer for Nirvana and he deserved, you know, all this credit, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, it's funny stuff. If you have any of these CDs still, I don't know where mine is actually. I think it's probably at my parents' house somewhere, but. I'm really curious if those enhanced portions of those CDs still work on modern computers. Um, Okay, so before I wrap up, I did say I was going to try to organize these songs in some kind of order. Ah, I don't know if I can do it, but I tell you what, I will just give, I'll give you three that I think you absolutely, absolutely should go listen to. And those would be Headwires have to listen to headwires it's a great song um see if you can find out any sort of similarities to other foo fighter songs uh headwires is wonderful that's my number one pick stacked actors for the simple fact that it's a great opener for an album it's i mean it's one of my favorite openers for an album it just starts off heavy and it just pushes through and, uh, you know, I don't think it gets that heavy on the rest of the album. Actually, I know it doesn't. That's the heaviest song, and they start off with it. So that's number two. So Headwires, Stacked Actors, and then my third song that you have to go listen to. Um, I'm going to go outside the box, because you may have heard some of those others. Third ones you have to listen to, Gimme Stitches. Gimme Stitches. Just because of the ending moment that I love. Um, turn the inside out to the outside. When it builds to that, it's satisfying. It's so satisfying. Uh, I can't do this. There's, I, I've got to give you one more. Number four is MIA because you have to hear that part <laughs> that I was talking about, the crescendo in the early part of the song. Great song. Uh, wonderful closer. Thank you so much for listening to this, um, I guess, first official podcast from um, the Whatever Survey it's been a lot of fun putting this together. You know, bear with me. I, I'm learning, like I said before. Hopefully, I can get the hang of this whole thing and um, get better and better. And um, I know next I'd like to review or ah, there I go saying review again. Eventually, I'm I'm guessing by episode ten, I'm going to stop saying review and and fully say survey. I uh, don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm going to try. I uh, Next episode, I would like to survey The Greatest Royal Rumble by the WWE. I'm going to try to put that together. I have to watch it. I have company coming this weekend, so I don't know how 
how quickly I'm going to get around to it, but hopefully sometime next week I will have that posted and uh, and we can talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, if you're using the Anchor app, feel free to go in and look at my, uh, you know, leave me a voice message if if that's a thing that you're able to do. <laughs> and, you know, uh, just tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. You can also tweet to me. My Twitter account is at whatever survey, and it's spelled exactly how you would expect, W-H-A-T-E-V-E-R-S-U-R-V-E-Y. Tell your friends about the show. It's going to get better and better. Um, I'm not going to do a lot of solo shows, hopefully. Uh, I don't know how well I'm going to pull those off. <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, but my, you know, I, I, I have guest hosts that are lined up who I hope to get on shortly. And um, I'm going to keep doing things like this. I'm going to talk about what, what I like. Uh, I, I'm also open to suggestion. If you, if you have something you'd like for me to discuss... Just let me know. I'd love to do that. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I have a blog. Um, the blog, there's not a lot on there right now. Uh, it's a work in progress. It's been kind of stagnant um, for the time being. And it's nothing fantastic to look at. <laughs> but I do invite you to go look because I have written a few things that I'm proud of. And that address is whateversurvey.wordpress.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening again. Hope you have a great day, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Um, Yeah, peace.